Can you hear me? I don't hear you. Mm-mm. Wait. Try now. Oh, it was totally me. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh shit, I did not do that. <laughs> 39, you can't 11. trust me to do it anything like you gotta like babysit me while you're fixing your own tech because i'm gonna ruin <laughs> right. something because then i'm just gonna start pushing buttons for that's sake god galen okay yeah it so looks good if you go to our youtube channel you'll get unfiltered content to where you'll just see us <laughs> figuring that shit out for that's the last right. three you're minutes you're gonna get us learning in progress watch us get better over time <laughs> okay Ugh. say that shit Wait, what? <laughs> Cheers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking it out. <laughs> if you're still here, um, we are on episode two of season two of Amateur Intellectuals. I'm here with my Coco Kendall. Hey, girl. Hi, hun. And we are gonna just jump in. I got a fair amount of notes today. So we're going to have fun with this one. Are you ready to, to laugh a little and roll your eyes a little bit, but like in a good way? Yes, let's get fucking drunk. Yeah, let's do it. I love everything about it. Okay, <laughs> this is a Wednesday night. <laughs> right. <laughs> in 2021. Okay. Hell. So I'm just going to jump in with the question, okay? All right. Okay. Tell me... I'm putting you on the spot, as we always do, so you can have a minute, should you need it. Tell me a joke, or tell me a funny scene from a movie that you just like a lot. It can be a comedian's joke, it could be a movie-like scene, it doesn't matter, just something that sticks with you, and, um, like, if you saw it again right now, you'd laugh just as hard. <laughs> Shit. I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm, like, scanning it to make sure that it's, like, appropriate. Oh, my God. I had to do that so um, much in my notes, so thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you for breaking the ice on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, right off the top of my head, and, like, I quote it, uh, I don't know, at once, not as, not, like, weekly, but uh, it's Cat Williams. He does a bit about Paul Lil Tank Tank. And <laughs> I don't it's know that one. <laughs> it's, like, um... I don't know if it's like Special Olympics or like Olympics. Olymp- I don't know. But this guy, I think it's regular Olympics, actually. And like he doesn't, he's he's um, had a leg amputated. Okay. And so he's got like the metal, you know, like racing thing. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? It's uh, like the racing blade. It's like a, it's like a running. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. And he just goes on a bit about how, you know, he, he like ran a race and won and the officials were like this is an unfair advantage and Cat Williams is like he doesn't he's, he's missing a let and you can just hear him now just walking down disappointed tank 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 oh no <laughs> oh little no. tank tank <laughs> it's not even the best joke it's not even like I think he's fabulous it's not even my favorite of his jokes it's just the first one that how little tank tank Oh my God. That's really funny. So I, that's a brave joke. Like that's like mm. a strong, and we talked a little bit about like style of comedy and like shock humor and like, let's, let's hit the thing straight on and stuff. We're going to dive into that a little bit more, but for, so, okay. I, for me, and like, I'm so embarrassed that this is my, mm-hmm. my, I can't explain why it makes me laugh so hard. Like I don't have a reason for it. It didn't, it doesn't, 
spark the part of my brain that's like, let me argue why this is just a sound, funny thing. Like, I just laugh at it every right. time. And I'm like, not ashamed of it. It just is what it is. So I probably have told you this before, but it's in the movie, What We Do in the Shadows, which is like my favorite movie ever. It's mm -hmm. dumb humor, but I love it. So I love the setup of this so much. And it's often missed, which makes me love it even more because it's just so subtle. And I like the subtle humor that like you got to be next level paying attention in order to get. So the movie is uh, for people who don't know, it's a mockumentary about <laughs> vampires in current day New Zealand. And Early on, they mentioned that one of the vampires, uh, Vladislav, played by Jermaine Clement, um, has had like a bad run in with his nemesis, which we only know as the Beast. Like, that's all we know at this point is that the Beast is his nemesis. And they had a really big deal, like something situation. And so ever since then, Vlad has has not been the same. So one example his friends give is that he used to be able to transform perfectly into any animal, but now he just never seems to get the faces right. <laughs> so, <laughs> fuck, I'm glad already. So, onward to the movie you go, you forget about the line because it's like many minutes later. It's like, okay, whatever, that's cool. Like, I got that information. And then all of a sudden, mm -mm. in a very fast scene, there's like a potential victim that's running through the house trying to escape. And I'm not kidding. It's on screen for like a second and nothing more. There's a black cat with Jemaine Clement's face just hissing inside of a room. And then it's gone. It's over. Like, you you would miss it just as easily as you would see it. And I laugh every goddamn time. It's every amazing. goddamn time. I, I just... I loved how subtle that bit was. I love how far apart the visual punchline was from the setup, which we're going right. to talk about a little bit. But it was just so satisfying to my sense of humor. And it is every time. So anyway, mockumentaries in general are like that for me. Do you like mockumentaries? I have to be in the mood. Yeah. But then, yes. Um, I have to be in the mood for documentaries, too. So it's it's kind of, you know. Yeah. Um, Yes, I do like them. And I, so you told me about that and I watched that and that scene, you told me about the scene. I think you I like, told you I think about you like it so annoyingly about it. before you even saw it. I was like, I'm going to make sure that you watch for this part. Like, right, exactly. Like, I'm not going to tell you what happens, but it's along these lines. And yeah, it, absolutely hysterical. And that's the guy from Flight of the Concords. He's one of yeah. the two. Good, exactly. Hysterical. Yes. I mean, and like Flight of the Concords I watch and like it's, it's hit and miss for me, but like when it hits, I'm just like... This is my happy place. I love it so much. Well, um, see, and I didn't know it was a show. I just know it was the band. Yeah. yeah. It's like Tenacious D, too. It's like they were, but they were a little bit the other way. They didn't have a show. They had a band, but then they took it more of the comedy route and had like stand-up shows and stuff. But this is the opposite, what? I think, with um, Flight of the Concords. They were a comedy show, I think. I don't fucking know. I'm talking out of my ass. But, and then they... Uh, they became like they had albums and stuff. I have songs on my on my playlist on my Spotify playlist from them from Flight of the oh, Concords yeah. right now. Like right now, I have it on the playlist. Rhinoceros. Oh yes. Uh -huh. And um, the beats of fat and the birds are on my back, and I'm horny. I'm horny. <laughs> Yeah. And um, the uh, anyway, I'm gonna stop fan curling. Um, the robot, whatever the fuck that robot song uh -huh. is, zero 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 one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm, okay, that's another one I quote. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting again, but really, I quoted this just the other day. I was like, "There's this stupid song, Flight of Concord, sing," and they're like. Uh, a man is lying on the street. Some punk's <laughs> chopped off his head. I'm the only one who stops. I don't think I can see it, actually, because uh, copyright law. To see if he's dead. 
<laughs> and then he goes, mm, turns out he's dead. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That, oh, thank you. This is why we're friends, Kendall. I mean, one of a thousand reasons, but. <laughs> when I mean, it's just, right. It's just great. It just. Oh. It's fantastic. Okay. So, yes, the episode today is about comedy. This is just going to glaze the surface. I'm barely going to scratch the surface here because this is such a big topic. You could go down so many different rabbit holes with this, like a lot of the topics we cover. But I'm just going to give you a little glossy laminated one pager. All right. All right. We're going to do that. it. Okay. This brings me to the drink of the episode, and then I'm going to explain why I picked it. Okay. I feel like you'll know this, but I don't know. Mm. I'm curious. Because I like finding out new things about you. So let's let's see if this is one of them. Are you familiar with, I'm just going to say two words, and you'll know it if you know it, and you won't if you won't. Okay? Okay. I feel like the this aristocrats. is going to be a Oh, the movie. No. I mean, it is. It's a, it's a documentary. Wait, you mean, did you say Aristocats? No, not oh. Aristocats. Ooh. <laughs> Very different. Very different. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't think Aristocats is um, what you'd want to watch on this theme. Um, no, the Aristocrats. This is so fun, and I'm so excited. You might tell me, stop me if you've heard it, but let me. Okay, the recipe. Ingredients. You got one and a half ounces red burgundy. Fancy. I don't have that in my house. I'm drinking mm-hmm. red wine. Um, one ounce strawberry syrup, half pims, half pims. It doesn't have a unit of measurement. I assume ounce, not half the bottle, but listen. Half the bottle. Half the bottle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Champagne. Also no, um, amount on this, but that's fine. Uh, And garnish lemon twirl or grated nutmeg. Okay. Oh, shit. That sounds good. It does sound good. It sounds really sugary. Um, Combine all ingredients except for champagne ahead of time and chill in the refrigerator. Pour into a flute and top with champagne. Garnish with a lemon twirl or a scrape of nutmeg. Done. Sounds like a New Year's drink or something. It's uh, very celebratory. Rich. Yeah. And fancy. (laughs) Okay. That was actually called the aristocrat. Very different from what dirty, dark depths I'm about to take you to. So put your seatbelt on. I love it down there. Pray. Yeah. Like, we're not coming up for air. Here we go. <laughs> there is a documentary, as I said, that breaks down what this is way better than how I'm going to explain it. It looks like, I looked it up just this afternoon. You can watch it on Amazon Prime for free, or you can rent it like anywhere, Google Play or iTunes or whatever it is, whatever you people on Apple do. I don't remember. Um, and uh, one of the producers of this podcast is Penn Gillette from Penn and Teller. Okay. So um, it was dedicated to Johnny Carson because it was said to be his favorite joke. Okay. The aristocrats oh, joke. Oh, okay. Oh my God. I'm not even, I'm not going to do it because I would do it do off it. air to you. I would say it to you the real way. I'm just going to explain. We'll bleep it out what you do with it without actually saying it. And then off air, I can throw my jazz into it. My jazz improvisation. Okay. The point of this documentary is that it follows this really, really old, really famous joke that just circles around real comedians. Okay. It's just in the circles of real comedians and it dates back to the vaudeville time. So 
Well, I'm sure the original joke was designed like as an actual joke. Um, it's transformed into this really cool like comedians play thing where they all try to top each other um, about how vulgar and offensive they get. And it's just like famous comedians doing this with other famous comedians. Um, so the punchline's always the same. It's just the it's just quote the aristocrats, but the middle bit is always what changes. Okay. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, I think I'm into Crazy. it. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Listen okay. up, Jesus. So the joke template goes something like this. Obviously, it varies, but I'm just going to explain it to you so that you understand. A family walks into a talent agency and says they have an act. The agent says, okay, show me what you got. So this is the point at which the comedian who's selling the joke adds all kinds of crazy shit that's designed to go against the norms of that time. What's particularly offensive. It's supposed to be just this creative signature um, from the comedian of offensive stuff. So it can have anything from necrophilia, murder, cannibalism, incest, racism, sexism, um, anything. All of those combined, usually. Everything right. combined. And as right. long as you want it to be. Like, again, it's like, it's like jazz. You just improv and you usually come up with it on the spot. And it's usually terrible. So then... You do that. And then the so the comedian says all his glory of whatever he's going to say. And then the agent, either appalled or interested, depending on the version that the people tell, says, OK, so what's this act called? And then the family answers in a big ta-da moment. The aristocrats. And that's it. No way. So there's a I whole documentary that. on this. Yeah. OK. I've never heard of that. This reminds me a little bit of our conversation about Dave Chappelle. So for those of you who are listening, do go back and listen, because um, Kendall does a great job explaining Dave Chappelle's life and just style of comedy. But anyway, in that episode, you said that comedy is an art form and that your favorite type of this sort of art for you is sort of that shock value, push the limit sort of stuff. Is that fair that I'm transposing oh, yeah. that correctly? Okay. Yeah. It's just what gets totally. you. It's just the thing that you like a lot. It's intriguing to you. It's funny to you. Okay. So as yeah. we discussed then, for me, I tend to land a little bit more on the safe, boring side when it comes to stuff like that, um, that gets me laughing. But I will say, I really do appreciate the anatomy of this aristocrats idea. I like the idea that comedians just use it like Play-Doh and then they throw it out there and they put their own spin on it. Now, okay, for decades, because this started in vaudeville, which was, again, like, what is that, like the 1920s or 30s-ish, I think? So I think 30s. So for decades and decades, this joke was never written down because people aren't stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it was never shared publicly. It was kind of like a rite of passage with these comedians. Like, you know, you're in the thing. It's like somebody gets to tell you it and explain it to you or whatever. And that just sounds kind of cool to me. So, and again, it's all a joke. I mean, you said it really well again in the Dave Chappelle episode, like back up. It's a joke. Nobody's making any like Mm -hmm. statements here. And if they are, they'll make it clear that they are. Um, But anyway, uh, then Gilbert Gottfried um, brought attention to it at the roast of Hugh Hefner oh. in public for the first time. And it was right after 9-11. It was like days after 9-11. And I didn't I listen to this. it. I, I didn't listen to it recently, this. but mm-hmm. I think he had 9-11 jokes in there. Oh, like I days. Think, yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I every now and then go back and watch those. And Do you remember that I one? Think, I think I just recently, because Gilbert Gottfried is the, Yeah, 
That's exactly. And, uh, <laughs> With no words, you just just noises. Right. You just nailed him. <laughs> <laughs> it's very grating. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah, I, I'm I'm positive. I can't remember what he said, but I remember being like, "Oof." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oof. And that's the whole design of that joke. It's designed right. that way among professionals of this craft. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to offend. It's supposed to go as hard hitting creatively, but as hard hitting and offensive as you possibly can for the norm of that time. And then I as things that. get more offensive, you throw more offensive things in there. More at it. So yeah. if it's if it's a no go zone, like don't touch that. It's too sensitive. Mm-hmm. That's all the more that they jump on it because it's the right. comedian's opportunity to gain that edge of this like hazing ritual or whatever it is i mean like it's kind of i just like the idea of it it's just a cool hazing isn't the right word but it's just a cool like you're in the club like here you go right and like knowing that it's probably going to be bad but just go just like do it yeah and then the other part of it is that it's like a song it's like a song that everybody knows you're improving in the middle but everybody knows that it's going to get to the end where they say the aristocrats and everybody knows that that's the end so you're waiting for that mic to drop anyway i love it i love it too and i i don't care who knows it i love it um okay so that's why our theme this evening is a very nice, fancy aristocrat. It is on um, an homage to that very weird, very unusual tradition. Okay. So now we're going to go. I know you're so surprised. We're going to go back to the oldest joke on record. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going, it. Caitlin? I had to say this. Is it the beginning of time? Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. It dates back to 1900 years before Christ, 1900 BC. Okay. Um, and (laughs) do you want to have a guess what the topic of the first, so this was the first written joke. Obviously people had senses of humor before that. They just didn't write it down and it hasn't been, or they did and it hasn't been preserved. This is what we found. That's the earliest written joke. Um, or documented joke. Do you want to have any kind of a, a guess about the topic about it? It's about how Jesus isn't coming. <laughs> that would be uh, no Sudamish <laughs> comedy shit. <laughs> because he's not coming, guys. Um, it's a fart joke. It's a fart You're joke. You're shitting me. It's. I'm literally not shitting you. <laughs> <laughs> it is a fart joke. It's just air. Okay. It's from it's from what's now modern day Iraq. And without further ado, I didn't write this. <clears throat> Quote Something which has never occurred since time immemorable. Nope, I fucked that up. Since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. That's a what? So I'm sorry. I that? fucked that up. Let me say that again. Something okay. which has never occurred since time immemorial. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. So they're saying, tale as old as time, it has always mm-hmm. happened that a woman has farted in her husband's lap. <laughs> That's it. The end. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> I mean, 
Why is that the first one? I can't be the best one. I just think like that's the one that was written on the right kind of parchment in a time controlled room. Hidden <laughs> in a cave space. for us to find. You know, you know, the best don't usually make it. The best pottery, the whatever, don't usually make it through the dust of time. I feel like Say the best that. joke didn't either. It was like, you know, the plumbing system they found of the Romans was like the middle class. They didn't find like the fucking, you know, king, like whatever, emperor toilet seat, right? I think that's, uh-uh. I think truly to keep with the toilet theme, I think this was just a middle class kind of yuck, yuck, like joke between bros. Har, har. Like, oh, ha, ha, ha. My wife farts Amazing. in my lap, too. Amazing. About a <laughs> woman farting at that. Like. In Iraq. <laughs> like, in Iraq. Like. Okay. Anyway. What are the odds? Wait. No. It surprised me. Like, when I saw the headline when I was doing my research, like, oldest joke. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's going to be a sex joke. I just thought it was going to be a sex joke. Because. But oh yeah, I, I just thought like oh like you know making fun of the you know the ladies or the whatever you know usually right right it's right, still right, right, at right. a lady's expense. It wasn't that far off. It was You're not just, that far off. It was just more of a and who knows that this isn't sexual. We don't have the context. So. Well, sitting in the lap. I mean, you could <sighs> make, yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, I just it's just a shame because you know there were some better ones. <laughs> you just know what what happened to the funniest guy in the village and all of his yeah, jokes there was there was a joan rivers of the village and her notes are just gone oh but. thank you her notes are gone i love you mm. okay okay so all right there you go you can keep that in your pocket if you want i don't um, think i will Gives a lot of fun facts <laughs> about what the first joke that was written down was okay that we found um okay so let's break down um, the anatomy of what makes like the core of a joke. What's a template for a joke? Well, you've got the setup. So here's an example. Oh, this is such a dad joke, too. It's from Steve Martin. And I love Steve Martin, but he's got a lot of dad jokes. So I apologize in advance. You've got the setup. I gave my cat a bath the other day. He sat there. He enjoyed it. And it was fun for me, too. And then you've got the punchline. The fur would stick to my tongue. But other than that, it was great. Ah, uh, okay. Kill me. Uh, me dad jokes hurt me physically yeah yeah although i like puns puns hurt people sometimes like i I get people really pissed at me when i use puns sometimes i like puns a pun is like using the definition of the word to make the joke to twist it yeah to play with the words and you know i'm trying to think of an example and naturally i'm blanking right now i have a friend miriam if you're listening, who is the fucking pun master? She's the fucking pun sorceress. The queen. Oh, my God. All is her day. last name Williamson? Are you friends with Marion Williamson? No, but what if it was? One day. Girl. One day you and I are going to find that person. We're Girl. like, ah! <laughs> Did you see? In common. No, it isn't. Why? Do you have a Miriam that's good with puns? Maybe it's a name thing. No, no, no. Miriam Williamson is the chick, that the crazy spiritual guru who ran for president. Oh, no. No. But she, there's like a TikTok out right now where she's like, hey, ladies and gentlemen, so I've got an idea. We're just going to need to restart human human civilization as it is. And it just like. Naturally just blew up as a piece of shit. Right. I love her. I love this Miriam, too. 
I, a panty queen. Let's we stay in a panty queen. Mm. I like I like puns, but as I say, people some people like really really don't like it. It's like nails on a chalkboard. I found because I like throwing jokes out. Mm-hmm. You know me. I throw jokes out like way more than is welcome, and people like it and they stick or they don't, and that's that's the way that it's good, good with me. It's a quick filter, but puns man some sometimes people like totally like my jokes or whatever and then you throw a pun at them and then they're like ready to like slap me right <laughs> but anyway it's fine who doesn't love a good slap sometimes okay <laughs> 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 okay yes ma'am so some so i told you like a joke is like the setup and the punchline that's like bare bones some people say that that a joke is a three-parter i think it's there's I think more bare bones is what I just said, but I think that there are jokes that depend on the three parter. Um, so that's the setup, the premise and the punchline. So that's, that's obviously a true thing too. So look at the aristocrats joke that I just said, you've got the setup, a family walks into a talent agency. The agent asks what you got the premise, blah, 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 racism, sexism, necrophilia on a trapeze or whatever. And then the punchline, the aristocrats, that's a three parter. I love that shit. Yes. I'm telling you, watch the documentary. Cause it's, I will. It's definitely worth it. And when I was watching it, I was fascinated. And I was fascinated by just all the people that knew about it. Like, they ha- they have mm-hmm. so many cameos of comedians. And I was like, what the fuck, guys? Like, who is How are y'all going to keep secrets from us? No, we're keeping secrets right. from us. Right. <sighs> so, okay. Uh, yeah. So, another example of just the setup punchline template. <laughs> You've always left me satisfied and smiling. What's the punchline? Yes, 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 yes. That's what she said. Yes! Yes, 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 Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. That's right. I was too excited. I, like, fucked up, like, the syntax. No, it was perfect. I don't care. It was perfect. So, yeah. So that's another, like, bare bones. Like, just set up punchline. The end. So an interesting side note. Punchline first came about in the early 1900s. So it was it was in... A Wisconsin newspaper in 1912. It was called the Racing Journal News. Doesn't matter who cares. When a review of a play um, was written, and it said that it had a quote punch in every line. So they were trying to say it was really funny. It just gotcha, like hitch it, hitch it, hitch it. Like it was just so good. Um, the New York Times then talked about punchlines the following year. And then it gained real traction. And before uh, before long, it was appearing in Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Different Merriam. <laughs> um, <laughs> a third Merriam for this episode. <laughs> in 1921. Although that Merriam is the latest to the party because she is always behind the times. For real. Merriam-Webster. <clears throat> she had it. She had it before. And then. Right. Uh, interesting. 1900. Wisconsin. Yeah. In Wisconsin. Yeah. A punch in every line. Like. Oh. They're inventing terms in Wisconsin in 1912. I know. Who knew? Who knew? Who would have? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm they, invent on the the t- they invent words all the time. I mean, what's a cheese head? What's a cheese head? Oh, that's um, Green Bay, Bay Packers, Packers is Wisconsin. Yeah, you're right. Do they pack what cheese What the fuck there? is that? Is that what that is? Well. Greg's going to fucking kill me because that's his, that's his baseball yeah. team. <laughs> Just kidding. I like yours more. I was gonna say some of us prefer fudge, and then I I don't like that joke. Ah, actually. See, <laughs> you just have to dial that up like ten notches and throw some like you know really weird shit in there, and then you'll be good to go. Uh-huh. 
Okay. <laughs> Practice and get back to me. Yeah, right, right, right. Now that I know. Yeah. <laughs> Off air, we should. Oh my riff, god. Like, Oof. like try to. I'm not doing that on air because I'm not reporting that, that into eternity. But yeah. man, I will try. I will improv <laughs> like a fucking alto sax. Like. <laughs> Oh I don't God. know that I'd be good at it. I would love to listen to it all day, though, I think. You have think. to watch it. You're going to adore this doc. So get back to me after you watch it and just tell me what you think. I You're going to love every second of it. Because I did. And I, actually, I should watch it again. I haven't watched it in a while. Okay. So uh, another thing that you have to know if you're a comedian um, is called uh, is something called jab lines. So um, according to Steve Martin, who did a master class on comedy... Oh, work. Like, I like, again, he's got a lot of dad jokes because he's getting up there, but some of his movies are pretty fucking funny. And like oh, his physical yeah. comedy is like really, really good. And his sarcasm and stuff is really good. So yeah. anyway, he's a legend. I stand he's good. <laughs> like if he was my dad, I would be proud. Oh, proud yeah. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The definition of a punchline, as we discussed, makes you think of a knockout punch. Like it's... This is what Steve Martin says. So it's that final funny blow delivered in a joke. So whether you're writing a script or a stand-up routine, even though the punchline is a big deal, you should weave other funny moments throughout it before getting to the end. Right. So, like, think about it if you're telling a story, right? You don't just tell a straight-laced story and then end it with the funny part, right? You're going along with the audience, like, as you're telling your story, and they're like, then this fucking thing happened. And then, and then, if that wasn't enough, like, you keep going and you keep dialing up the tension, right? Um, So, uh, a funny line during the course of telling a story is what is called a jab line. Jab lines are narrative comedy tools that build the humorous tension and set a comic pace and rhythm. So, they elicit releases of laughter while propelling the joke forward toward that final punchline. So you are just, they're in your hand, like the audience and you're weaving the story, but you're releasing their tension and like their comic tension so that you can build and build and build more. And it's just, it gets the end punchline much more gratifying. It's like sex. It's the same. I was like, this is edging. This is just edging. Yes. Yes. But where did we cut? Like the, the boxing terms, you know, jab, 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 punch. Good question. So I think what happened was punchline was because that was punch and article was like a punch in every line. They mean it like, yeah. wow, it's just like one, two punch. Like you didn't know what hit you. And then you were laughing. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. And then because punch was already in existence and it was already yeah. a, a line, they were like, what can we say that isn't a punch line, but still has that same kind of um, metaphor or whatever. And so they said jab. Punch, jab, you know, mm-hmm. touche, pierce, kick, <laughs> whatever. They were like, hmm, I think jab. Jab's the best one. Jab's, jab work? Isn't it what? Yeah. Yeah. Works. Um, okay. So what does comedy, I'm almost done. Kind of. What <laughs> does comedy do for us psychologically? We already know all this stuff, but let's, let's ask science. <laughs> so science <laughs> says... Humans start developing a sense of humor as early as six weeks old um, when babies begin to laugh and smile in response to stimuli. I didn't know that. I thought that they were laughing, but I thought I thought they all said, like, they're laughing, but you're not funny. Like, it's not you. They're just doing it as a reflex. Oh, or smiling really? At you. That's what I always thought. 
Mm-hmm. Why would they try to take that joy? Why wouldn't they just let you have it? Why you know, they just let you have it. You're tired. Okay? <laughs> just let you have it. It's fucking yours. You're living for those smiles yeah. and those laughter moments <laughs> to keep that baby alive. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it says also that laughter is universal across human cultures and even exists in some form of rats, chimps, and bonobos. Oh, shit. Could you imagine I didn't know just that. a bonobo laughing at you? <laughs> I'm happy for them now. <laughs> Me too. Good for you. <laughs> um, like other human emotions Hell no. and expressions. Uh-uh. Laughter and humor provide psychological scientists with rich resources for studying human psychology, ranging from the developmental underpinnings of language to the neuroscience and social perception. So they're just saying laughter can tell a lot about a person um, and a lot about human behavior from just how developed you are, like your brain, how developed you are, and just all the way to how socially aware you are. Um, and just, I mean, your neuro, your neurons, like how your brain's operating. Okay. What is laughter doing for us? Thank you, comedy, for giving laughter to us. Um, it actually activates a lot of areas in the brain, which we know control, motor, emotional, cognitive, and social processing. So laughter's physical power. One of the things in this article said, you build strong upper body muscles. I was like, shut up. I'm not putting that in there. I mean, Mm -mm. I obviously just did, but I was like, Mm -mm. I'm not putting that in there. That's not why, like, oh, I better get some abs. Like somebody tell me something funny. I better watch some stand up. Okay. Paint me triggered, but (laughs) what happened when I was in college I, and like, okay, honestly, swear to God, I hate talking about this shit because like, I sound like an arrogant asshole, which I somewhat am, but like not to this extent. No, please. Um, uh, I, I played golf in high school. I didn't eat. I ate like once a day. I just mm-hmm. I didn't like, don't like, did, well, now I do, clearly. No, but and you were little, then, you were little late into the game we talked about in your yes, puberty episode. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I didn't know. And like looking back, I'm like, fuck, I have like five, I have like a five pack. Like I I wouldn't call it a six pack, but like it's more than four. And like, I just didn't know. And I had a roommate that was six foot eight. And if you're that big building muscle, like he was like so, so incredibly strong, but his muscles are so long. One ab is like all five of your abs in height. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So like his biceps, like my biceps were bigger than his biceps, but it's because his biceps were three feet long and mine were six inches long. And so they just like, they look, whereas yeah. his just look scrawny. Yeah. But he was incredibly strong. How was that for he you? Oh, I built so... a five pack and I didn't understand what was happening. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> he was so convinced that I can't remember now. Now I'm fucking it up and getting red faced because I think it was actually me that was like, I get these from laughing. Which makes me sound, you know, I was, tr- I think I was trying to be like, I don't work out. It's not like, don't think that I'm like one of those like fucking gym junkies. Like, nah. Where did these um, come from? <laughs> right. It's just because I'm so fucking happy that I just have a great body because I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? Like any way I slice it at this point, it's terrible. But Listen, that is excellent DNA. Thank you, mom and dad. Number one. And where the fuck did it go? I mean, it's in there. I'm sure it's in there. Like, (laughs) I never had a six-pack. I had, at the best of my life, I had 
the two lines. So I had like the lines uh -huh. down the side. Uh -huh. I mean, not anymore. I mean, I don't know where they went. I mean, they're there, but that was all I ever had. I have never, I, I mean, I knew a girl in college that had a, a six pack, like a genuine six pack. And I was like, uh. I just want to <laughs> not be weird, but like, I just want to like take a picture of it and put it on my wall. <laughs> just look at it all the time. In the fridge. Yeah. yeah. My mom used to put pictures like that in the fridge. Oh, it's doing its damn thing. I even tested it today, Caitlin, and it didn't do that. She's just telling you who's boss. That's what's happening. Can you hear me? I don't hear you. Mm -mm. Wait. Try now. Oh, it was totally me. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shit. I did not do that. <laughs> 39 you can't 11. trust me to do it anything like you gotta like babysit me while you're fixing your own tech because i'm gonna <laughs> ruin right. something because then i'm just gonna start pushing buttons for that's <laughs> sake god caitlin okay yeah it so looks good if you go to our youtube channel you'll get unfiltered content to where you'll just see us <laughs> figuring that shit out for that's the last right. three you're minutes you're gonna get us learning in progress watch us get better over time <laughs> okay so by, we know this already, der, by activa uh, activating the neural pathways of emotions like joy and mirth, laughter can improve your mood and make your physical and emotional response to stress less intense. So, for example, laughing may help control brain levels of the neurotransmitter serotonin, similar to what antidepressants do. So it's an antidepressant to laugh. Work. Um a natural one um, by minimizing your brain's responses to threats. Um, it limits the release of neurotransmitters and hormones like cortisol that can wear down your cardiovascular metabolic and immune systems over time. So in other words, laughter is like an antidote to stress, which um, stress weakens these symptoms and increases your vulnerability to diseases. So you're literally fighting off disease by laughing, which Kendall, you and I are going to live for fucking ever. Okay. Forever. Forever. forever and we're gonna be gorgeous like death becomes her we're gonna have spray paint and we're gonna take care of each other and everything if i weren't drinking so goddamn much <laughs> listen or smoking these cigarettes or listen, eating this fast I grew, food. In, I grew up in an irish family and like you just don't know okay it's just the lottery sometimes you get the people who are super cautious and healthy and uh, they die dude. young and then you've got the ones that you're like what are you doing to your like garbage can Had, body and then right. they live until they're 198 yeah 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 you just yeah you just don't know that's so right. you may as well have your glass of aristocrat that's right hey come <laughs> on that's a callback that is mm -hmm. a callback mm -hmm. that is right so um okay i need i put this in my notes in bold <clears throat> A good sense of humor and the laughter that follows depends on an ample measure of social intelligence and working memory resources. This has to do with your cognitive powers. So if you are, if your brain is fast, like you're funny generally. So okay. again, a good sense of humor and the laughter that follows depends on an ample measure. So if you say something and it hits, like you get, you're really funny and people laugh at it. It shows that you have a good sense of social intelligence and your working memory resources. You've got a sharp memory because you can, 
you can play off of people's social cues and whatever mm-hmm. and twist the story. Okay. Not to toot my own horn here, but fucking toot toot. I said this very thing toot, in a toot, past gosh. episode with you, and I feel like it was Dave Chappelle. I don't know why I'm so angry. I'm just justified. Do you remember? I said you have to be able to see a situation and be able to distort it just enough into something funny without going too far so people don't get it. It was in response to that girl that you said was listening to our podcast and then was like, this might be too much for her because we might be making jokes about things that are off limits. Like it might be too much. I think it, like we were talking about politics, maybe. So maybe it wasn't Dave Chappelle. You're like, I don't know that she's going to keep be- listening to us. <laughs> Do you remember? That was Christmas. Yeah, that oh, it was Christmas. I say her You're right, it about... was Christmas because it was religion. Mm-hmm. We were talking about religion right. and baby Jesus. Right, 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 right. You're right. right. I say I'm her sorry. about it's. So that's actually a Sharp guy. Memory resources right yeah. here. Anyway, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I remember. I was like, who would have told who? Well, female would have told me that. Yeah, uh, we're like, you and me both are like, okay, how many people told us they were going to listen and then stop listening? Like, and, and then not going to. Eight, yeah. Got offended nine, ten. <laughs> um, how many people have I pissed off so far? Oh my God. Um, 20. <laughs> yeah, no, same. Okay. But no. Uh, <laughs> That is, mm. that's what science is saying. And that's exactly yes. what I said. I get so yes. convinced. Like that was you said that what I said. Years ago though. I mean, you like did. you said that, yeah, that's been a big part of your, like y- the way that you talk about like wit and stuff. It's like wit is just so obviously a measurer, a measurer, measuring tool for yeah. smarts. Thank you. Yes, I agree. And I think, I mean, I believe in this. Like, if there's a religion, I believe in comedy. I believe in it for therapy. I believe in it for, mm-hmm. you know, stress. I be- stress relief. I believe in it for relationships. I just, Greg and I laugh every day at each other. Every single day at each other. And I, I that. think that's what's going to get us from teens when we dated yeah. to my forties when I die <laughs> from alcohol poisoning <laughs> or <laughs> if they will have it at a hundred four. <laughs> Just down the road. <laughs> right. No, I agree with that whole heartedly. Right. Sorry. I was super proud May of that when I read far, that. I was like, away. no, I will not let that go. Um, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> I'm glad. So, on that note, though, hold on real quick. Sorry. Yeah, please, please. I don't know if you remember Anne Lamont, who I briefly uh-huh. mentioned in. The Brene episode. Brene, yes. Yep. Anne Lamont calls. Now, mind you, she's religious. So, like, you can use it in that scope if you want. I prefer I'll to take it out of that her. scope. It's fine. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's fine. I didn't hear it. What was I it? Said, was it good? I said, I'll forgive her, but I'm just That's kidding. right. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please be with me. And, um, she says she calls laughter carbonated holiness. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. that. Very that. Yeah, it is. There's nothing that can connect you with another person, disarm you with another person, um, like lower your stress faster. Like, uh-huh. I don't know of a thing that that's why I believe in it so much. And that's why anybody uh-huh. who knows me knows that I lead pretty fucking strong with my comedy <laughs> foot. <laughs> lean and the some, fuck in too listen, that's some right some people don't like that but you know what <laughs> I'm busy laughing okay come on come on put it in an inspirational poster okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so laughter 
like humor, typically sparks from recognizing the incongruities or absurdities of a situation. You need to mentally resolve the surprising behavior or event. Otherwise, you won't laugh. So you have to pull out the funny from a serious situation. You might just be confused instead if you don't, if you're not able and your brain's not able to get it, you know, went over your head. Right. Right. So inferring the intentions of others and taking their perspective can enhance Mm -hmm. the intensity of the laughter and amusement you feel. So you've got to be really aware of the people that you're with. You don't just throw jokes out there because people do and then they hit and miss. Right. But if you really are a good, funny person, you're sensitive to your audience and you understand and your audience can be your significant other, your mother. It doesn't matter. But just if you are aware of what makes them laugh. You've been mm-hmm. clocking all that and you're going to translate the situation in a way that, you know, is going to make them laugh. And then you win. You're feeding yourself. I mean, you're just making them laugh and then you're happy because you get what you wanted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so and like on its face, I was like, well, how do you do that? You know, how would you do that in an audience? But then I was like, you know, the audience that shows up for a roast is going to be different from the audience. Stereotypically, generally, like you would be able to decipher the differences in that crowd versus like an Ellen DeGeneres crowd, you know, like just by buying the ticket, you would know. That's right. And for a personal, like a private person, you can chameleon yourself. So Mm -hmm. my sense of humor with my husband is very different. No, it isn't. Mm -hmm. From my sense of humor with my mom, <laughs> hypothetically. hypothetically. Well, well, okay, okay. Which is different than my sense of humor with certain people at work that aren't right. in my inner circle. Like, right. I can gauge, I can change my gauge on where I think it's going to be. And we all do that. And we're really good. Mm-hmm. Comedians, on the other hand, I believe, have to really look inward, which a lot of them don't like doing because they're funny in the first place because they're like broken, fragile people. Um, and I don't mean that in a in a mean way. I mean that in like a good for you, like way to find your way way. Um, right. But they have to really look inward and figure out who they are and what they want their comedy to be because they can't be all things for all people. And most of them want to be because that's why they're good at comedy. Right. So they have yeah. to find their place about where do I want to go? Cause I can't take all paths for all people. Cause then I'll be a hypocrite. I'll be saying one thing and then I'll be contradicting myself over here. So I got to make sure that I pick a path and I figure out where I'm going. And I think a lot of comedians struggle with that journey. Cause it's hard to be fucking introspective. Absolutely. That there's, um, Joan Rivers documentary. Oh God. I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head. I just recently watched a couple weeks ago and she like struggled with that so hard. Like she went from like nothing to like crazy legend to canceled from NBC to Mm -hmm. back on NBC to, you know, and just all over the place. And I listened to bad friends podcast, which is Bobby Lee and uh, Santino. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's Bobby Lee and that other fuck. And And like, it's very obvious that they struggle with that. Like, and it's pretty like out loud. And they're like, we're in LA and like, we do this like kind of a lot and kind of not. But the intensity with which they're like, am I even good at this? Constantly Mm -hmm. is pretty surprising. It's hard. I think, I think it takes a real craftsman right it's one thing to sing a song at a birthday party it's another thing to professionally sing like it's the same thing right it's the same thing thing. so comedy is the same thing when you're just dicking around and you're having fun with people and you're good at it and people are feeding you and telling you you're talented that's one thing that can Mm -hmm. give you certain happiness and whatever when you do it for a living and you're paid for it like 
that's got to be a hard road. I, so, okay, really random. A psychic. I went to a psychic one time. And uh, have you ever been to a psychic before? Never. And I need to. Do you want to? Because we could totally do that. Yes. Come, come Shit, to can us we do it and together? we'll make that one of our activities when you come, oh when you come to us, to this area. We can area. record it. Let's do it. Oh, my God. We're oh going to make God. fun of the shit out of it. Well, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I do it for fun. I just think it's fun. I don't take it seriously. Like, it doesn't matter if I do. But I don't. Like, it's just super fun. I like it. It's it's introspective and it's fun and I like it. And I like comparing what they're getting and what they aren't getting. And I don't feed them a lot of information or whatever. Anyway, I went to a psychic one time. And I didn't even... I came into the room and I sat down. And she, like, went... And I booked it that morning. So, I mean, she could have, I guess, had time to look me up or whatever, but I only gave her my first name. So, you know, whatever. Leave it where you want. She goes, you could have been a comedian. And so I was like, because then I was like, I'm just such a fucking mess. I was naturally, I saw that as an opportunity to fuck with her. So I was like, I was like, people don't usually tell me that. Like, people uh-uh. tell me that I'm really off-putting and my sense of humor is really off. No <laughs> way. She was like, I don't understand why they would say that. Because, like, you're really funny. And then she was like, you're really funny. Yeah. 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 And I was yeah. like, and yeah, like, yeah. 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 And she, like, she dug into it. She held she on to like, it. She was like, gotcha. And I was like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I mean it wasn't like it wasn't like a super funny thing at the time, but it was just like, oh damn. Like so anyway, but I would never my point is I would never ever 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 I am too thin skinned. You have to have rhino skin. Oh yeah. To be able to, you know, mix with armadillo armor. And like yeah, and stand up is a completely different thing. Like stand up is like impossible. Yeah. And there's so many comedians that are so terrible at stand-up and then vice versa. So many stand-ups that can't do fucking, you know, act or skit comedy. And right. It's it's bizarre. It's its, it's own bizarre. Animal, I think that stand-up it? do I? Yes. Uh so I, I respect comedians a lot, even if I don't like their humor. Like I really respect how hard cognitively they have to keep up. This is not just going into work every day and typing on a computer. Like you have to be ahead of everyone all the time. Constantly. And you're their jester. You have to make them laugh. Make me laugh. Mm-hmm. If you run into somebody on the street and you're a comedian and you're famous, like mm-hmm. they expect you, they're entitled. Mm-hmm. They expect you to make me laugh. Make me laugh. You can't be having mm-hmm. a bad day or just want to sip right. your coffee quietly. Like make me laugh. And that's on unfair, but it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't want that life. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah. If I was I a comedian, know. I would do it like Sia and I would wear a giant fucking wig. Uh, so that would be fun. Face. That would be yeah. cool to be like a, a mystery. What's that called when you do it like an, uh, with a book? Oh, I'm like it's like anonymous. It's like, um, like a, uh, like a ghostwriter or whatever. Ghost yeah, I would, a- I would hide that shit and I yeah. would, I don't even, you know what? I wouldn't even go out on stage. I would like do the gorillas thing and just have like a cartoon of me just standing up there right? so that nobody knew who I was. And then I could go to Starbucks <laughs> and not have to give a shit about putting makeup on. And if I bomb, I bomb and fuck you. You don't know who I am. That's right. You don't know who I am. Like if I don't yeah. get any laughs, I can just go home in the middle of it. Right. You don't know me. <laughs> okay. This wasn't for me. Bye. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So. Um, yes. 
So now there's the social element of laugh, of laughing and, and of comedy. So you don't even need to hear a laugh to be able to laugh. So deaf signers punctuate their signed sentences with laughter, much like emoticons in written text. So you can laugh and not physically laugh. I mean, I do that all the time with texts all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I laugh on the inside. That's what I call it. I'm laughing on the Mm -hmm. inside. I don't exclaim with laughter unless it's something Mm -hmm. really, really, really good, which sometimes it is. But otherwise I'm like, Oh, this is really funny. Like all the chemicals are in my brain. I feel them happening. Right. But I I don't exclaim with laughter. Like Greg's not like, what's so funny. Like, what are you laughing at? Cause I'm just, I'm not even giggling. I'm just inside laughing inside laugh. Do you have an inside laugh? (laughs) Inside laugh. I do. There's a spider. Do you see that? It's floating. <laughs> I'm so glad we're filming. What video in the with this. fuck? Oh, now it's alive. I thought it was just like dead. No, floating. it was alive. He was he was crawling and waving at me. <laughs> he was panning left <laughs> on the camera and waving at me. Do I live in the fucking rainforest cafe? Why is it always a bug? Get out. Is it attached to me? No. Okay, I don't it's on the think we now. were recording video, but you had that really pretty bug that one time. You remember oh, that one? Oh, and it's dead. Yeah, it's here. <laughs> it's still here. I noticed oh, it today dead. when I was setting up yeah, camera. It. Because it was like tucked behind my computer. That's it, Dad. Oh, you're just keeping him as a trophy. I didn't know. No, I didn't know he was there. I moved something and he came out. And I was like, fuck, it seems like I don't well, clean listen, my house. He was beautiful and he still Which is. I, he is yeah, oh yeah he's gorgeous but he's dead yeah <laughs> yeah that's okay he lived a very beautiful life not Fast in here he did <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry no i did see that spider it's gonna be a very funny visual um, <laughs> on your screen i'm sure so oh wait i don't know it'll have to be on your other camera because right the one and i don't your, know that it was in front, of, in front of you i don't think caught it because he was hanging on it he was bungee jumping off of it <laughs> i think he was right in between (laughs) i have critters too it's okay you know if it makes you feel any better um i have a mouse hole in this closet oh yeah oh yeah no we heard critters in the wall and greg thought Uh -uh. i was fucking crazy because one time i thought i heard a critter in the wall and it was rain outside Oh, and so he's always like, mm, that's so he's like, no, it's fine. It's nothing. I'm like, mm. so I waited until it made that noise again. And then I dragged his ass downstairs and I was like, mm-hmm. listen, listen, mm-hmm. I will be vindicated. And then um, I found when I was painting and like getting this whole, this whole thing going, I saw a little mouse hole and I was like, oh, hey, bud. Hey, bud. There we are. And then Greg found it was a little baby. He found Aww. it in a little sticky trap. Yeah. He was, he was also young. He died in the prime of his life. Yeah. Um, so don't worry. It's tough. You just have spiders and little cute bugs that you can put in a little terrarium. I have mice. Yeah. So. It's tough. It's a weird, yeah. No, I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. there. Get the fuck my, out of my house. Get the, <laughs> you can live anywhere, anywhere in the world out of here. This is my um, I live in a little like boutique apartment and my upstairs neighbor asked me about cockroaches. Don't dog. No, I used to. Okay. My old apartment, nasty, crazy. They like did like the predator XL bomb to the place and they were like sweeping cockroaches. Oh my God. Can we go back to your life expectancy? Cause I feel like that's cut off a couple decades. Just by (laughs) the side of it. Yeah. Uh -uh. 
the, the, oh. <laughs> um, anyhow, uh, my neighbor upstairs, she was like, does your guy's dog, does he like, uh, scratch on the wall? And I was like, no. And then I came home, that was like two weeks ago. <laughs> she asked me out. And then I came home and there was like these like, um, cat traps. And there was a squirrel in this cat trap. And I got home at like 5.30 and then it was like 9 and I went back and checked and it was like 40 fucking degrees. And there was a squirrel in there for like six hours. And I was like, um, I can't imagine that you're trying to catch a squirrel. I'm going to be the liberal that I am and let this son of a bitch go because what the fuck are y'all doing? So I did. And then my neighbor was like, yeah, so squirrels live in the wall. And they were trying to trap them to relocate them. And you let him go. And I was like, oh. Maybe this was the warning shot that the squirrel needed. Like, listen, you were in prison. It was an overnight jail stay. Sober Uh, up and go uh, home. Go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, please don't be mad at me. Oh, my God. Oh, that's okay. I'm glad you let him go. Good job. Yeah. Save the life. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry yeah. about it. And they you know what? If good. he comes back, let him let him scratch at our wall. It's fine. Well, like there's like a hole in the wall, and like instead of fixing the hole, they're like, "We're gonna catch the squirrel." And I'm like, "You could literally do that forever. You could just have a new squirrel every month." I mean, that is gonna be <laughs> like the underground railroad for squirrels until you close it up. So even if that squirrel goes, there's gonna be another squirrel that's or a mouse thinking. or something that's gonna find it and be like, "Exactly, this is mine now. <laughs> this is my tunnel." Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, that is nuts. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad you let him go though, because he was probably cold. He probably needed to go home. I was, I, yeah. And I was like, "You guys are gonna leave us squirrel in there, t- freezing temperature?" No, fuck that. Yeah. So, yeah, and I don't I'm feel that sure. Bad. I'm sure his metaphorical cage was rattled. He probably won't come back to this place. <laughs> yeah. Because he's nervous that this is gonna happen again. I mean, who knows? Maybe he I won't. So. But whatever. Worst case scenario, you got a squirrel again. Um, yeah, not a big deal. Uh, okay. So, man, where did we go? <laughs> I'm reading, I'm reading emoticons and I'm like, okay, squirrels in the world. <laughs> How does this tie in at all? No, no, it's good. It's good. So, okay. Laughter creates bonds like us, boo boo, mm-hmm. and increases intimacy with others. By practicing a little laughter each day, you can enhance social skills that may not come naturally to you. So if you're an introvert or you're really shy, Laugh at people's jokes, make people laugh. It will help. Um, Mm -hmm. When you laugh in response to humor, you share your feelings with others and learn from, oops, sorry, and learn from risks that your response will be accepted, shared, enjoyed by others and not be rejected, ignored, and disliked. So have you ever tried to make a joke? I mean, I think we all have, but have you ever tried to just say something funny? Not even just a big joke, just something funny, particularly in the workplace, and it just bombs no, but I did yesterday and it wasn't at work, but yes, of course it worked too. Absolutely. Oh yeah. I mean, not even just at work, but at work, it's just, you're still kind of navigating so many different personality types. Cause the thing in common that you have is the paycheck, not like your circles of friends. Right. So you don't not know the vibe with each other. Or, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah. It's the worst feeling when it just bombs. It's like, okay, moving on, moving on as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. What happened last mm-hmm. night? That made that happen. It's almost daily for it, me. Relive it. <laughs> yeah, let's just go back. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah. unpack it. Um, 
It, I swear to God, it's almost it, it's probably a daily thing for me. Like I say something that I'm like, ooh, that was a little too far. Or, ooh, mm-hmm. that was. Uh-huh. I disagree. Oh, yeah. I mean, not not ever in my company, sir, but mm-hmm. whatever. I daily. Mean, people don't. Yeah. People don't always get it. It's fine. Me too. We have that in common. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm like, shoot your shot, girl. And like, if your shot goes too far, then be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That happened a couple weeks ago. I was with some friends and I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> it was bad. It's it was still raw. It, it was wrong. Talk about it. But it was a joke. It was totally a joke. And I fucked up and the joke yeah. didn't land. And I was like, okay, listen, like, you know that I'm not like, I don't actually think that. I'm like, I'm really sorry. That, 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 that. Which is well, girl. I've had it happen too, where it it not only doesn't land, like they get really pissed, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry." (laughs) (laughs) Should do that. Obviously, I'm horrified of confrontation. Why would I do this on purpose? (laughs) (laughs) Why would I literally beg for it right here by telling this joke? (laughs) No. Yeah. Oh my god. But no, it's fine. I mean, and you learn, and you get better, and then you. The more important thing is you learn who your people are. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really can't Mm -hmm. emphasize that enough. Like you learn who your people. Are, you learn her, more importantly who your people are not and then you can vibe and um once you do the tap dance and you figured out that the other person is just as fucked up as you are Kendall. Yes. <laughs> yes. then yes. we can have a lot of fun and we can say whatever we want and it feels just right. a lot more free than you know having to tiptoe and try to experiment right find your tribe boo find your tribe yes good Okay, well, I'm glad. So I'm just going to end this now with just uh, super easy um, fun facts. And that's it. Just a couple. Then we're done. So studies have shown that people are more likely to laugh in response to a video clip with canned laughter than to one without a laugh track. That's bizarre. And that people are 30 times more likely to laugh in the presence of others than alone. So suggestibility is this point. So Excuse me. If canned laughter, that just means like somebody is trying to fight laughter, like they're trying to hold a straight face. That's why bloopers, I think, do so well. We watch bloopers and we're like, oh, my God, yes. I'm dying. This is yes. so funny. Breaking character. And I mean, a laugh track, I, I never got. I never understood the laugh track. Maybe I'm not the right generation for it, but I never understood it. I always thought it was so fake and like just a truly like a press play situation. I think I fucked that up in my uh interpretation of what you just said you okay so you said oh my god the spider's back on my blinds you said um people are more likely to react to canned laughter as opposed to laugh track uh it says um no not quite it says people are more likely to laugh in response to a video clip with canned laughter over one Without, without a laugh, laugh track. Okay. So I okay. think it goes, I think what they're saying is it goes canned laughter. Wait, mm-hmm. is canned laughter a laugh track? That's not the same thing, is it? No, I think that you're right. I, I took them to mean, I took them as synonymous, but I don't think, I think what you're saying is right. Like canned laughter. No, I think you might be right. What is canned laughter? Oh, it is a soundtrack. No way. It's a, it's a laugh track. Okay, it's I totally track. misinterpreted that. I'm glad you I'm glad you called me out on that because I misinterpreted that. Okay. Sorry. So, rephrase. It says people are more likely to laugh at a laugh track than without a laugh track. Without a laugh and track. And people are 30 times more likely to laugh in the presence of others than alone. So it supports that idea. I hate laugh tracks. 
I love the awkward silences, like The Office. Right. And What We Do in the Shadows. Mockumentaries. Right. <laughs> Best in Show is another one. Best in Show is fantastic. It's fan-fucking-tastic, isn't it? It is a masterpiece. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge is a gay icon <laughs> and like she's like gaining in power every passing day. As she should As absorb she the light fucking and should. become stronger. You Absolutely. So, uh, fo- follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is hysterical. I she's just, am like, excited. I will. Tripping over thresholds drunk and she's like, I was talking to the assistant at Saks and then like falls over. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's, she's perfect. She's I listen perfect. on TikTok to all the. There's like a guy that does an impression. Have you seen of her? Him? Yes. And he sounds exactly like uh, her. Just like her. And Ariana. Oh, hot dog, real bad. <laughs> real bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the dog, dumbass. Yes. I'm not good at it, but I love her. Thank you, God. That's the best. Okay. Yes. Um. So yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you for for cleaning that up. Because like, oh, that would have been incorrect. I hate laugh tracks. So I get the idea. That if, like, the guy next to you is laughing really hard, that uh-huh. you're going to be laughing really hard. Right. But I just always heard it as a fake, like, soundtrack, like, on Full House and all that stuff. Like, uh-huh. growing up, I was like, ugh. Anyway. Seinfeld. But I'm now into Seinfeld. So now I'm, like, kind of into it. But it, oh, I, yeah? I, I, but, I'm, but, like, overall, not a laugh track fan. But, like, it, it might have even been to, like, a sign of the times. Because, like, you've got uh-huh. Larry David, mm-hmm. who was like the owner of Seinfeld or whatever, mm-hmm. the writer or whatever. And the laugh track was there because it was the nineties and that's what you did. Like, I don't know that there was a right. show on television that didn't have it. That was a comedy. It didn't. Right. So, it was like sitcom. Anything had Roseanne had it. That's right. Uh, Friends had it. Mm-hmm. Reba. God, mm-hmm. do you remember that shit? My mm-hmm. best friend's dad growing up, watched that shit. Uh, it would poke my eyes out. I hated that shit. <laughs> the nanny too. I watched, um, and I would listen to Fran Drescher. It was very loud. <laughs> I'd have to turn the yeah, volume down. It was so much. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So, next fun fact: laughter can be a universal language. Um, samples uh-huh. of laughter were collected in a study from pairs of English-speaking college students. Some of them were friends. These two like uh people that they were recording their laughter and some were some separate twos were strangers um they recorded it uh in the university of california whatever and um and then there was a team that was made up of more than 30 scientists anthropologists biologists whatever and then they played these audio snippets of this laughter to 966 listeners from 24 diverse societies spanning six continents from indigenous tribes in New Guinea to urban working class people in large cities in India and Europe. So English speaking bros, I assume, I don't know, maybe they were girls too, I don't know. And some were friends, some were strangers. They took those audio clips of them laughing with each other and then they had all these people speaking all different languages and all different walks of life, whatever. Um, like listen to these soundtracks and then participants were asked whether they thought the two people laughing were friends or strangers. No way. Cool. Could they figure it out? On average, the results were remarkably consistent across all 24 cultures. The majority of people thought that the relationship between the laughers were correct the majority of the time. 
Wow. So they just understood, even though they didn't speak English, they understand. Right. They hear the connection. The connection. Or they hear that there isn't a connection. That's Because it's about how vulnerable whatever you want to be. Right? Wow. Okay. So so when you're laughing in a group, just laugh really fucking hard at somebody. Especially (laughs) us. I'm so connected right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It feels like I'm with you right now. Um, Researchers have also found that different types of laughter can serve as codes to complex human social hierarchies. Across the course of two experiments, there was a team of scientists, um, and they found that high-status individuals had different laughs than low-status individuals. And that strangers' judgments of an individual's social status were influenced influenced by the dominant or submissive quality of the person's laughter. So, like, I'm guessing this means that if you have a dominant laugh, then you're more you're likely rich. to have be assumed to have a high status level. Unless you're a woman, then I, f- I assume it's fucking that. upside down. <laughs> if yeah, you laugh right. quietly and, and don't talk, then you're probably right. very wealthy. Um, <laughs> just shop it out. Just shop it out and drink it out. Just don't talk or laugh or eat. We're, share your opinions or yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I how do you, how do you guess my social status? I imagine it has something to do with like. I'm thinking of like an egotistical laugh, like a yeah, like I own the room. Like it's like how people ha, sit, like the men ha, sit dominantly ha. or whatever. Right, maybe. right. It's like yeah. the laugh equivalent of that, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. no, yeah. Eat the fucking rich, though. That's all I have to say. Eat the fucking rich. I and see. if you're rich and you're listening to this podcast, I'm fucking hungry. So laugh like you're rich and then catfish that bitch. Just <laughs> make them think that you're affluent and then make them fall in love with you. And be like, ha, jokes on you. Right. I'm poor. Can I have half? <laughs> Thank you so much. That's right. That's right. Um, so, okay. I'm going to, this is, that's it. I'm just going to leave you with a joke. Which is, okay. I think, terrible. I think it's like I not it. terrible in like a good way. I think terrible in like a it, that's not funny way. <laughs> but okay. according to scientists, it's statistically the funniest joke in the world. Okay, it's not just okay. it's not especially okay. for your sense of humor. But like, <laughs> let me just say, it's too tame for my sense of humor. Okay, so if that's where we are then you know you're gonna be like i fell asleep what did you say i didn't hear how you <laughs> finished the joke. <laughs> here we go scientists i don't know did a study or something and they said or something i even know how you do this we're, yeah we're intellectuals here and um okay they said that this is this is at, at least like the template of the best statistically successful joke there were two hunters from new jersey out in the woods when one of them collapses he doesn't seem to be breathing. The other guy calls 911. He says, I think my friend's dead. What do I do? The operator says, don't worry. I can definitely help you. But first, make sure he's dead. There's silence. And then a gunshot on the other end of the phone. And then <laughs> That's kind of funny. the guy says, okay, now what? <laughs> it's so the aristocrat. <laughs> I love that. I was expecting it to be awful. And like it is, but it's not a woman sitting in a lap farting awful. I mean, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just think that there must have been a lot of like 
white middle-aged middle-aged dads in that study like it was a dad definitely, joke like, definitely like ah oh, it's a singer <laughs> okay now what yeah anyway thank you and good night that's I it love that's it. all i have excellent wonderful so much fun so okay well that was our episode sorry uh for all the like dad jokes but no hopefully you learned a little fabulous. something and uh hopefully you laughed a little bit along the way that's right honey so message us you got in- interesting thoughts you got ideas uh even if we screw something up and you know better send that to us amateur intellectuals at gmail.com and uh we've got a facebook page um we're dialing back a little on the other socials because like we're busy and we work full-time um but come back at us come on facebook what's that face what's that for i made the face and then i was like don't don't say it well now it's too late now now we're here we're here i deleted facebook off my phone and like follow us like add us on facebook but it's the most like it just feels so good really it's, like, I, it's gotta yeah. be such a healthy choice uh, i have it on my desktop i have it on my laptop so i still mm-hmm. have access and i still see it a lot but just like not on my phone where like when i wake up i check it and watch mm-hmm. like my uncle post some crazy q anon you know no it's bullshit. great that's actually yeah. a really healthy choice i feel like you just took a really good step in a good direction it's been a week and it feels so good so good Highly recommend. But do. I know that's good advice. Like I go on Facebook way too much. And you know when I do it is either for the amateur intellectual stuff or I go because I I'm not tired or I'm in a situation where I can't make inappropriate noise like a TikTok mm-hmm. or because I've got right. a little in the ear like in my ear space. Right. And I'm like, I want I gotta do something to like decompress or whatever. So then I, I tend to go to Facebook. Like I don't even go to Instagram that much anymore. I don't ever look at Snapchat anymore. Like mm-hmm. TikTok is my jam. I love TikTok. It's addictive. Yeah. It is the Russian yeah. roulette of social media. I love it so much. But yeah. I can't because you know I'll show her something about like an animal doing something goofy or whatever. And then the next one's like, fuck. And I'm like, oh, hey. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, don't, never mind what that person was saying. It's nothing that you need to concern yourself with. Like. So, you yeah, I, I go to Facebook too much. And I, you're right. I do it first thing in the morning too. And it sucks. I don't like it. Sucks. It. it sucks. I should quit. I should quit Facebook. I should quit cold turkey. It's, um, you need to sneeze, babe. I do, do girl. For like five minutes. Don't hold her it's in. been like, just, just let her. Just let her fly. I'm not crying. If you're watching, it looks like I'm crying. I'm not. He missed upset. his Facebook. That's what it, it was. Just, <laughs> right. Just, it's just so <laughs> snowflake. I'm just such I'm so thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, my love. That was mm-hmm. fabulous. It was a good time. Learned that the first joke. Which I'm not going to concede. I'm just not going to concede it. I'm just going to say oh. that they existed and they, we, they are. Think we're about all find the good them. jokes that are lost to history. Think about all the gonna, golden jokes that would hold today. Hold firm oh. today because they're just a fundamental human truth. <laughs> Hilarious. And we'll uh-huh. never know them because nobody wrote it down. We're going to find some. Me and you. Or we're going to invent gonna- it for ages to come. <laughs> Arrogant. <laughs> Caitlin. But we're going to do it. Let's write it down. Carved it in a cave somewhere. That's mm, hmm. 
What is that? I was thinking of the K paintings. Whenever you mentioned that, I was like, oh, like the K paintings. I bet they found a joke in there. And I'm like, no, idiot. That was no. I didn't. Listen, they could have. And I kind of hope that they made like a little comic strip somewhere. That'd be cute. There was no Neanderthal or whatever that was funny ever. You can't tell me that. That didn't cope with his own stress about being eaten by a lion or whatever. Right. Or like his, you know, family dying or whatever from the elements. He didn't cope with humor. You're telling <laughs> no. me that? Like, he was I just don't miserable forever? Yeah. He's just a, you know, grunting, unhappy person. <laughs> I don't buy it. No. Anyway. We're going to find it. We're going to find it. <laughs> We're the cream of the crop, babe. We nailed this it. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you. Tune in Thanks. next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh my god. Was I hope that was not so long. It feels like did I talk forever? We started we started at seven though. That was an hour and a half. I'm so sorry. Oh, 7.15. That's an hour and a half. I'm sorry about that. I'm gonna work on shortening my um my doodads, my episodes. I'm gonna stop this. My cheeks are super red. All right, good. Oh my god, my sound file is so loud. And I was wondering my cord here. Do you hear anything? I just wonder if that cord, as I was bonking it, was making that noise. So then I started holding it away from it because I was like, oh, my God. Anyway.